Praise you, Lord. Good morning. Welcome to Mission Ebenezer Family Church, if it's your first time here. And if it's not your first time, welcome to the house of the Lord. How many of you know that the Lord calls us to establish the house of the Lord first? And then he will help us establish ours. The house of the Lord can be defined in a couple of ways. The first is that the house of God is the temple of God which lives in you. It's you. Your life. Establish God's presence and his reign in your life. Second way that we can define the house of God is in your family's home where you live. Establish the ways of God in your home. And that is building up the house of God. Spiritually. Somebody say spiritually. And then, of course, the very physical house of God right here, Mission Ebenezer. This warehouse that we turned into a church is the house of God. The Lord has invited us into that great work of the kingdom of God. Kingdom building like Pastor Sandra was talking about just a few moments ago. That you and I are called to build up the people of God. Don't hold back. Open your home to a discipleship group. Maybe the first step for you is just saying yes and committing to opening your home, your physical address, to someone who is gifted in facilitating the word of God and being a part of our teaching team to disciple people who are called by his name and want to learn more about growing in their relationship with Jesus. In the Bible, book of 2 Samuel, it says that the Ark of the Covenant, which was the way that the, the presence of God was demonstrated throughout the people of Israel. The Ark of the Covenant was um, a box laden with gold, and it would be carried by men who had to treat it the proper way. They could not, um, they could not do it however they wanted or come and approach the, the Ark of the Covenant any way that they pleased. There was a protocol when it came to approaching the very presence. The Ten Commandments was in the Ark of the Covenant, this box. It wasn't too big, but they had to be very, very careful. The rod of, of Moses was also there in it. And then the, the, the breastplate or ephod that had jewels that represented the 12 tribes of Israel was there in the Ark of the Covenant. And in one particular story, the Ark of the Covenant was residing at the house of Obed-Edom. Everybody say Obed-Edom. Say Obed-Edom. When the Ark of the Covenant was being cared for and looked after there at the house of Obed-Edom, that, that means the Word of God. That, mean the, that means the very presence of God. The Bible says that grass started to grow all around his house. The Bible says that the herds and the flocks began to multiply all around him and everything under the hand of Obed-Edom, this man, began to prosper. His house was prospering. His children were blessed. You want your home to be blessed? Open your home to the Word of God. You want your children to be blessed? Care for the things of God and be somebody who lifts up the lamppost of Jesus Christ where people can come and draw 
closer to Jesus. If you're tired of what you see on TV, if you're tired of what you see going on in the news, if you're tired of seeing mass shootings take place, then be a part of the work of God that is going to do something to change what is going on in our world. Hallelujah. Come on, you could do better than that. Clap your hands to the Lord. So say yes. Let's open our homes. Let's open our neighborhoods. Let's make it known that we are believers, that we are followers of Jesus, and that we are ready. Amen? Amen. This past Wednesday, we had a, a prayer service where our girls' ministry, ages 5 to 12, were here leading in prayer, reciting scripture verses. The girls lined up here. Each one was given a, a, a little vial of anointing oil. And the, the young girls were taught to pray for those who were here in the sanctuary. And there were miracles taking place all throughout the sanctuary. Six-year-olds were laying hands on people who were sick. And we saw little girls walking up to people in the front rows and asking, Can I pray for you? And the moment the little girl touched the person on the forehead, the, the person, the adult person just began to just be overwhelmed and, and filled by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's church. That's not cute. That's church. I heard somebody say, oh, how cute. That's not cute. That's church. That's the kingdom of God. That's the kingdom of God. Too bad we're playing church too much. If you came here to church to, to hear a nice Warm, fuzzy sermon today that was going to make you feel good, you can leave right now. Because I'm about to preach on the power of the Holy Spirit. If you came with expectation, if you came to seek healing today, then you're in the right place. I got a call last night in the middle of the night that one of our dear sisters here at church, who was led astray because her faith was not strong enough and she had friends who wanted to take her to a healer to help her in her situation. So she engaged in holistic medicine, and she's on life support and brain dead right now. And the family is just trying to find the words and the time to break it to their mother, who's a God-fearing mother in our Spanish service. She's had cancer for 10 years, and the Lord has chosen to keep her alive as she continues to fight cancer, this grandmother, this mother, this great-great-grandmother. Her family cries and they tell her they want her to do this and they want her to do that and they want to take her to this medium and they want to take her to this fortune teller. They want to take her to this astrologer. They want to take her to this tarot reader. They want to take her to this person and that person. And she says, I will not do any of that. My trust and my confidence is in the Lord. If God chooses to heal me, let him heal me. If God does not want to heal me, then I put my hands and my life in the hands of God. But I will, not, I will not prostitute myself. I will not adulterate myself and be mixed in with the things of the world. Black magic. Horoscopes. We should be ashamed of ourselves if we call ourselves Christian and we're dabbling in the, in the dark black magics. We should be ashamed of ourselves to call ourselves Christian and to allow the things of the world and the wickedness and the evil that the world has to try and bring. We should be ashamed of ourselves if you don't know what is right from wrong when it comes to the things of God. That means we don't know. And it's be, 
We don't know because we have not sought. We have not asked. We have not believed. We have not trusted. We have not depended on God with everything that we are. It's high time. It's high time we trust in God with everything that he has. Brother Steve said it right, and he must have been looking over my notes over my shoulder. Trust in him and in nothing less. Don't go to the rosary beads. Don't mix yourself with folk religion of the Catholic sort. Don't mix yourself with folk religion of the Muslim sort. Don't mix yourself with new age thought, new age spirit, calling yourselves a spiritual person and not willing to claim that you are a son or a daughter of the Most High, God. You will be led astray and you will find that you will come to naught because of lack of knowledge. The Apostle Paul was concerned about these things. And that's why in Romans chapter 8, verses 12 through 17, which is the binding chapter to this whole book, is a reason why chapter 8 is in the middle of the 16 chapters of the book of Romans. The Holy Spirit is, is the glue. The Holy Spirit is what binds us to God. Why don't we turn to him? Why do we turn to other things? To temporarily satisfy ourselves. Why do we turn to other things? Because of lack of faith. The Apostle Paul was trying to teach a Jewish people and a Gentile people who were in the process of this religious spiritual experiment of bringing in a whole bunch of old ways of thinking and old ways of doing Religion, pagan ways, and atheists, philosophers, right here at this city of Rome, at the heart of the Roman Empire. They say all roads lead to Rome. The Apostle Paul wanted to make sure that he put together a treatise that would be the theological framework for our faith, for a people who could look to the Word of God and find answers when they were in a moment and a time in the early church, the first century, where they needed answers. They had lots of questions. We're here 2,000 years later. We got lots of questions. Even those who are mature believers, sometimes we have doubts. But don't be led astray. Go to the Word of God. Go to the Holy Spirit. Invite Him in. Learn of the things of the Spirit at our home groups, at our discipleship groups. Press in to people who know and who won't lead you astray. We're not just going to put anybody there teaching the Word of God and representing and being ambassadors for Jesus who aren't already, even though I don't like this word, vetted. But people who are able and have a heart to bring people to God's heart. 
Romans chapter 8, verses 12 through 17. Therefore, brothers, we have an obligation, a responsibility, a mandate, a commandment. But it is not to the simple nature to live according to it. For if you live according to simple nature, you'll die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you'll live. Because those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear. Or as Paul wrote to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, I did not give you a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of what? A sound mind. It will keep you in your right mind, even when you're depressed and sad. Even when you're going through postpartum depression. Turn to the Spirit of God. Turn to brothers and sisters who will lift you up. Come out of seclusion. Brothers, sometimes we, we remain and, and keep ourselves on islands. For I did not give you a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. But you received the spirit of sonship. Everybody say sonship. Not sun chips. Those are good too. The salsa garden variety. And by him we cry. Somebody help me. Abba Father. Somebody say Abba Father. Somebody say Daddy. Or as my kids call me, somebody say Dada. My teenagers call me Dada when they're in a good mood. Or when they want. Money to go to the movies. Dada, how much you need? Can I get $20? $15? Why in the world you want $10? Here's five. I work them way down. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit. There it is. Somebody say, Sumarturai. Somebody say Sumarturai. The word su at the prefix of this word su means with. And martureo, the, the root word for this conjunction right here, martureo means to almost be a martyr or to testify, to witness. So it says right here that for the spirit himself, somebody say himself, not herself. God is not a female. It's a he, and the spirit is a he. He's Father God. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. That means Christ is both father and he's our brother. And if we stay around long enough and obey him, we become his friends. You want to sit down and go to coffee and 
have me explain to you my theology of friendship according to John chapter 15? Let's do it. If indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. Father God, we come before you this Sunday morning, and we're not playing church. At least I'm not. When a pastor gets called in the middle of the night to hear the news that one of our sheep is lost for lack of knowledge, I take it personally, and my heart is broken. And we're sorry, Lord. We're sorry, Lord, that we didn't have the opportunity to change that situation, Lord. We pray for this family. We pray, Father, that they would have the faith of their mother. Forgive us for our sins. Forgive us for our our doubt. Forgive us for our waywardness. Forgive us, Father God, for adulterating and mixing other things and burning strange fire all at the altar of God. Forgive us, Lord. But, Father, bring us closer to you, Lord. Be with this family. Be with the the newlywed husband. Be with their newborn baby, Lord. Open our minds, open our hearts, open open our spiritual eyes that we might see beautiful things in your word. We pray this in Jesus' name and everyone said, amen. Amen. I married them a year and a half ago and they had a baby just shy of a year later. So if you're thinking where my heart is, that's where my heart is. If you're thinking where my mind is, that's right here with you. In the word of God. We need to be people of the word of God. Is the worship team here? Can you bring the whole worship team out? Sit them up here in the first three rows, please. We need to be people of the word of God. Can't be making things up on our own. Representing God, representing the church. I'm asking them to come out because I'm about to have them come up here in just a few minutes. I'm not going to preach long today. Matter of fact, I already preached. I'm going to ask that our pastors be ready and get anointing oil. Ushers, don't move a muscle. Get ready to pray. Our communion team's going to come up in a few minutes. Apostle Paul is giving us Romans chapter 8 because he sees that people, God's people are helpless. Sees that God's people are wanting for the Spirit of God to be present and actually active in their faith and in their lives. 
But he fears that people have started to create their own forms of faith, their own forms of following Jesus. For a couple of chapters, we talked about the difference between the law of Moses and the law that shows us where sin leads to death. And he says, but thanks be to God for Jesus Christ, for Jesus Christ offers us a new law, and that's the law of grace. And that grace is what gives us the opportunity to be reconciled to God, even though we fall short, even though we every day fall short of the glory of God. But sadly, we as believers like to give the devil more airtime than he deserves. Well, I didn't want to, but the devil made me do it. Paul even said, the things that I want to do, I don't end up doing. And the things that I don't want to do, I end up doing. Well, praise God. Thank you, Paul, for being vulnerable. And thank you for letting us know that you're right here with us. It's comforting when we can share in that like-minded spirit that the Apostle Paul communicates with all of us. But guess what? What was at the heart of the Apostle Paul was trying to bring the church at Rome to a place of understanding that they have been equipped with the Holy Spirit, that they have been equipped, as one of my brothers says, that God put a BMW engine into a Volvo. Ain't that right, Minister Arnold? When we as Christians realize that he has put a Porsche engine into us and has given us access to the key to the car and the gas pedal, then we'll start learning how to activate the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives and not just sitting back, allowing the enemy to have his way all up in the corner, all up in the ring, just letting him just do it or whatever. And the coach is seeing what's going on, and I was like, man, I'm going to throw in the towel. I'm going to throw in the towel. This person ain't using their faith. This person doesn't want to activate their faith. These people, just, they just want to call the pastor to do everything for them. They just want to call their, the stronger brother in, in, in Christ, in, in the faith, to go and, and handle this situation for them. Oh, the stronger sister. I need you to come. I need you to fix this for me. No, man. God wants us to press into him and learn to call upon the power of the Holy Spirit, especially when it gets hard. Especially when it gets rough, especially when we're, we're feeling alone, especially when we're feeling vulnerable and beat up, especially when we're feeling depressed. That's when you go to God. That's when you get on your knees and you do the hard thing, which is the Holy Spirit thing, and you call upon Jesus. This is not just Christianese up here. I'm not just blowing off steam. I'm not just blowing hot air. I'm not just saying this just to say it, you guys. I've witnessed the power of the Holy Spirit. I've seen the Holy Spirit work in my life. I've seen the Holy Spirit work in this church. I've seen the Holy Spirit change situations and turn people around. But when we don't know who we are, we want to go and search and Seek and find out who we are in the wrong places. 
Let me go to this group over here. Is this who I am? Yeah. Let me go to this group. Is this who I am? Let me go to this group over here. Fitness, fitness, body worship. This who I am? You ain't going to find your identity in all that. That'll help. It'll relieve some stress. It'll tone up your body and let you be strong. In case there's a car accident, you got to pull a door off a car. If you got to carry somebody to safety, in case you got to swim, you know, a couple of miles and rescue that, that poor person. That's why we work out our bodies and stay strong and stay fit as long as we possibly can. Don't go looking for your identity in all these different things. Ancestry.com's got enough business. 23andMe, through the roof. Heritage.com, people want to find out who they are, but they're looking in all the wrong places trying to find the answers that God has already given to us. It doesn't matter if you find out who you are, what genealogy you come from, looking backwards into your past, that's all great. But it doesn't matter until you find out whose you are. It will not matter until you find out whose you are and what the Father God has given you access to. What God has given us, what he's placed in our hands. None of that stuff matters because once you find out who you are, then you're going to need 10 more therapy sessions to work that one out too. Whoa! Didn't know we were related. The Holy Spirit. The Bible says that the Spirit of God, His Spirit, bears witness. It testifies. It corroborates. It means that the Holy Spirit and the spiritual DNA that is placed into the man or the woman or the child or the youth that puts their trust in Jesus, now you bear witness and now you bear the image of God by redemption and now you are cleansed by the blood of Jesus and you have become sons and daughters of the Most High and now you have access to all the power and everything that your Father God has given to you. And Jesus Christ, the very heir, Jesus, our brother, the very heir of God, the son of God, who has done it all for us, is the one that we go to. He's in your heart. He's in your life. But church, we don't access the Holy Spirit. We don't turn to God. We don't turn to Jesus. We turn to so many other things. And the church has got to separate itself from the things of this world. The church has got to stop making excuses and blending the world into the church bringing the world into the church. No, the church is supposed to go and redeem the world. The church is supposed to go and be the anointing oil wherever we go. The church is called to be ambassadors of God and take the kingdom of God from this place. Don't be confused. Don't be misled. You mad with me? That's fine. I could take it. I've gone through far more, far worse than me preaching the word of God. Because when I preach, I'm preaching to myself. I'm the first one that's got to believe, and I'm the first one that's got to listen to what the Holy Spirit is putting in my heart and my mind to say. And I'm going to make some mistakes sometimes, and guess what? I'm going to have to go to the Lord with that. 
So don't worry about me, and I won't worry about you. But I'm worried about us. I'm worried about us. But I ain't going to worry too much. Because God's in charge. God's in charge. How are your kids going to know if we don't know? What are we showing them? What are we demonstrating? What are we teaching them? What are we saying to them? They're only watching our every move. That's all. They're only listening to everything we say. That's all. They're only following our example. That's all. That's it. I'm going to invite the worship team to come up, please, and join me. And we're going to open up the altar. And I just want to open up the altar for you to call upon the Lord. I want to open up the altar for you to call upon the Holy Spirit. Seek his blessing. Seek his power. Seek his strength. You want your situation to turn around? Stop complaining and do something about it. Go to the Holy Spirit. Turn your life around. Stop waiting for people to do it for you. Stop blaming that other person and go to the Lord and start to depend and rely and trust in him. What did Jesus tell the paralytic at the pool of Bethesda? Why aren't you yet healed? Well, because every time the waters are stirred, somebody jumps in and takes my place and there's nobody here to help me. Jesus said, basically, stop making excuses. Get up and walk. Pick up your mat and go. And the man obeyed. The man obeyed. Will we obey? Will we obey, church? Will we obey? That's, that's for you to answer. It's for us to answer. Amen? Amen.